Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Dallas, the show of cognac, Remy Quantro, education, and so much more with today's guest, Amy Flores of Collective 1806, an educational group sharing great learnings from the industry, talking about spirits, especially in the Remy Quantro portfolio. So many things that Amy has done in the Dallas area, was a bartender, was working on the distribution side, and now the education brand ambassadorialshipness of the industry as well. We sat down just a little while ago and talked about life, talked about married life and all of these good things as her career has been progressing. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Amy Flores of Collective 1806. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand cognac or understand yeah. brandy. I actually had the opportunity. My brother came over for Christmas. And he's a little, like, noob in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, he saw my back bar. and um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> oh, Don't brag about it. But he saw, like, my very... <laughs> All two aisles like, of it. Back <laughs> um, but he, was, he saw the 1738 and he was like, Oh, what's this? So I told him a little bit about it and sat him down and had him sip some with me. Yeah. And he loved it. So he, good. He loved it. He had a party at his house a couple of weeks ago. He was like, I bought some 1738 and I was drinking it with my friends and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? It made him feel fancy. It made it? him feel fancy. And it's like kind of nice that big sis, I guess, right? Younger brother, older brother? Older brother. Okay. So young sis is giving him style tips. Exactly. Style that's yeah. got me feel pretty good. It feels great, dude. It, there's nothing, there's really no better feeling than when one of my friends that isn't in the service industry or one yeah. of my family members comes to me for advice. Of like, oh, I want to make a cocktail for yeah. this party. Like, what do I make? You know? And so I give them like a recipe or I give them a spirit. And um, it's so much fun. I've heard stories. My friends will come back and be like, oh, I was at this bar and I wanted some tequila. And, you know, I saw like, Siembra, and you told me about it, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yes, man. there's no better feeling. No, that's a great one, because you know what it's like? It's it's like having people... Now, it maybe family's a little bit lighter, and they're maybe more amenable to stuff, but it's like when I tell someone to check out a record, mm-hmm. and they check it out, and like, dude, that was really good. And I'm like, yeah, right, I'm not, I got I got it. I know, I you're like, I nailed it. <laughs> I've kind of got it. You yeah, know? you it's feel like, like you still, you're like, yes, I still got it. Yeah, like, I'm like the cool this. guy. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I don't have any shortness of cool. I don't. I hope not. Right as I get older, but mm. I do. I do question it every day. You and me both, kid. Like <laughs> you and me both. Well, so this is interesting. So this is year thirty for you. You've turned thirty in July last July. Shout and out. thank you for knowing that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is that good or bad? It's Sometimes great. age is. I think thirty was I'm great. I'm stoked. How's it been so far the year? I mean, it's a because it's one of those memorable years know. you know everybody's like either you're afraid of 30 yeah or you're super stoked on it i for one was indifferent oh that's probably good yeah, yeah. i guess i was like all right well what's going to be different from 
you know, 29 to 30. Yeah. But here we are. And it's been a great year, too. I mean, it's my first year with Rumi Quantro and with yeah. Collective 1806, which has been like a whirlwind. Sure. A new chapter. Really, it just punctuated a new, a new chapter for yes. you. Getting married, roughly. Getting or, married, know. yeah. Man, how do you it, deal with so much change? I'd be really like grudgingly about it's, it. Okay, so last year, October, uh, excuse me, scare rip. Yeah. Come back. October-ish 2016 was when I was still working for Victory Wine Group mm -hmm. and John Garrett, shout out. And I was in the process of planning a wedding because I was oh, getting man. married in November. Yeah. And then I was approached by Collective 1806. Yeah. And so I was in this conundrum and I was just like freaking out. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do because I loved my job with Victory. But this new opportunity was very challenging. There has like, you know, like, why would I say no to something so amazing? Yeah. Such a cool position. So I mean, you got a hell of a portfolio. Hell right? of a portfolio. Yeah. I know. I love no slags all of in our that group, man. There's zero slags. <laughs> we don't want no scrubs yeah. in, in Remy Quantro. Um, but so it was just this huge life change. I, I changed career paths. I got married. And then the next year I turned 30. And it was just, it was a lot, dude. Do you feel, you know, sometimes when all the all these kind of challenges and there are opportunities too, right? Like getting married is a challenge yes. up to it. But then, of course, you get to, you know, enjoy the fruits of the labor kind of thing. But when all those things kind of converge, it's like a mountain. Do you feel like you're coming down the other side of it now and like kind of hitting a stride? I do. Yeah. yeah, it was very challenging, especially, you know, getting married and we were still, you know, we've been married a little over a year now. And so it's still kind of like a little honeymoonish stage, I, I guess yeah. you could say. But um, I feel like I'm kind of catching a stride. It was difficult for me the first year of this new position mm. just because it was so different than what anything that I've done before. It wasn't yeah. necessarily sales. Um and I just, I had to like wrap my brain around it. So it took me a while to kind of catch my stride in that way. Right. But I finally, I feel like I'm finally getting it. Well, you know, what's interesting is that literally when you work for a bar, you're behind the bar. Mm -hmm. And you are, in a sense, working as part of a team. And now, of course, you're still working as part of a team. But in a way, it's kind of everybody helping each other at the same time and point in service. Right. This is you stepping from behind the bar and kind of being on stage. Yes. And so this is now Amy as a brand. Amy as a brand. And Correct. is that an interesting, not an interesting transition, but is that a hard thing to not be able to hide behind a bar where it's you just kind of exactly. exposed? No, it is. Yeah. It is. It's very different. And I was never one for being the center of attention. Yeah. Um, and and it was like being behind a bar, you, ha you do have your team. I have my team with Collective, but I'm the only one in Texas. Right. So it's, it's on you. You're on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it'd be like, oh, you know, Emily, come it's blah, not blah, a blah, share. Blah, blah. Yeah, that's the great yeah. thing is like if service is bad, it's kind of on all of us. Right. Service is good. Likewise, the same thing. But if an event goes poorly, which that's not on to say me. it would, but oh, it is. Knock on wood. Right. <laughs> but, that, but that is a, there's a massive amount of tension paid to you. Are you okay with that tension? Um, I'd say yes. Yeah. To an extent, no. I it's it's different for me um, being in this position and being the sole collective eighteen oh six in Texas, yeah. and it was very big shoes to fill. Also, yeah, because Emily went to New York, right? Emily went to New York, and Emily was Miss Texas. Yeah, and she like Emily knows everyone, 
Um, so it was big shoes to fill and it was very intimidating going into it. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, oh, Amy's the new Emily. Right. Amy is Amy. And Although, I wanted to make Does she have a sleeve tattoo on her left arm as well? <laughs> She's got on both arms. Okay, they're both. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was just making sure it wasn't the same thing. Yeah. But yes. Right. Tattooed, blonde. Here we are. Um, no, but she, uh, I, she did wonderful things in Texas. So I had very big shoes to fill, but I also wanted to make the position my own yeah. and make sure that I was respected for me and not just for, you know, being collective 18. Again, another challenge, right? It's like but, not yes. only is it you kind of stepping out, you're not being eclipsed, but you're walking into these shoes that were really big to fill in the first place. Yes. <laughs> Obviously to your point, as far as I know, she knows everybody, you know? She knows everyone. <laughs> I, then, it's so shocking to me. I'm like, yeah. God, how? It's how just, do you... She's, she's been there. She's paved an amazing road all the way into New yes. York and a, a role there. But yeah, so how do you make it your own? What is something that you feel is uniquely you? So what I've done, the cool... I had different relationships than she did. So mm. I had, you know, she had some big boy relationships, which I still have done sure. there as well, but... I, we just have different personalities. So I clicked with certain people that maybe she didn't work with. Mm. So there's other opportunities in that avenue to where I can kind of do something a little bit different because I'm working with different people. Right. Um, rather than just kind of following her path that she paved. You sure. know what I mean? I, which They kind of work in tandem, really. They right? Yes. Yeah. And and it's it's helpful that she she's very very helpful and it's helpful that she kind of paved that way for me sure. and she helped me obviously with some of the relationships and once I got into this position and things like that before she moved to New York, um, but also I want to like carve off a little bit for myself yeah. too you know and just try to make I don't know just make it a little bit different and just a little bit more my style sure not necessarily you know oh it's. Amy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not, be, is it not living in the Amy? shadows. Like, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. No, it, and it's hard. I mean, I, you know, I was talking to you, you had Teeling whiskey before. What was it? Teeling. Have you had the, that Irish whiskey? Mm -hmm. It's yep. really delicious stuff. And, you know, I recently had the privilege of talking with Jack Teeling and his father was one of the biggest names in Ireland, in Dublin, so opening up the Kool-Aid. Like, you know what I mean? Like a powerhouse of industry. The mm -hmm. guy was, you know, I have to assume, but rich and stuff. And so he's lived in this kind of shadow but he's done such a great job being innovative being creative and just getting out of there and then mm -hmm. becoming mr jack Dillon. so it feels like you've been doing that you've carved i'm trying space. Yeah. i'm trying i'm trying and that's the hard part though right the innovation of it which it's that's where my team comes in and they're so helpful because we do we have you know a call every week and we have you know collective trips where we all powwow and we're like, all right, what can we do next? Yeah. How do we make this better? How can we um, change this one? Like this might be working, this isn't. So yeah. so it's helpful to have, to be around those other creative minds. Sure. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm not that creative. What am I going to do? Blah. And then I freak out a little bit. Yeah. But it's so helpful to be around those other people and then, you know, hearing their ideas and uh, yeah. stuff that maybe worked for them in their market. Maybe I could do it in Dallas. It's a volley. In, in a way, it kind of helps you. It invokes creative creativity in you. Exactly. It's like, oh, I didn't think about that, but then now I'm thinking about oh, but that. But what if I do it this way? Yeah. I love that. That's just team collaboration. And I think that's, if anything, a testament to not trying to do everything by yourself. Oh, my God. It's so tough. Dude. It's tough. I and just get overwhelmed. Tough. When I try yeah. to do, when I'm, oh, I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm sitting there and then I just get so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I do have, 
I've gotten better about it, but I did have problems asking for help sometimes sure. just because I was like, it, it's not necessarily a prideful thing. It was like, I don't want them to think that I'm, don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know what I mean? But you are a Leo, right? I am right on or the cusp. Cusp. I'm a okay. cancer, cancer Leo cusp. Okay. Because right Leo is the 30th of July. So yes. when like you talk about prideful. Yeah. Okay. That's probably good because I was going to use that word pride because I mean, it is very lion-esque kind of thing, right? But right. it's nice. You want to collaborate. You're open. You're amenable to change. Those are good traits to have. I try. And so, you know, I wonder because you now have really seen all three tiers, even though there's four tiers, but let's say all three tiers of this industry in Texas. Yeah. And you are a Texas native. Is that right? Born and raised. Dallas specifically? Dallas, Texas. Yeah. How was growing up as a teenager in Dallas? I lived all over the place, but I never lived in Dallas. So I grew up, um, I grew up in, in Dallas. And then when I turned 13, all, okay, let me rewind yeah, a little yeah. bit. So grew up in Dallas. And I went to private school. Did you really? I did, yes. So I went to private school all through elementary and junior. Is that both boys and girls or just girls? Both boys and okay, girls. Cool, it was cool. a small little school. It was called Metropolitan Christian School. Mm. Very small. It was in Pleasant Grove. Um, and then when I turned 13, my parents moved to Mesquite. Oh, okay. And so I went from having 20 people in my eighth grade class to Mesquite High School with like 1,200 people in the freshman class. Oh, man. And it was such a culture shock. How did how did that did you feel kind of isolated? Because oh yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. My freshman year sucked. It was awful, and I was very quiet too. Yeah. I was a very shy kid. Mm. I didn't really kind of come into my own until high school. So people, literally, I would hear because I was so quiet and want to talk to anybody. And yeah. I was nervous, and, blah, blah, blah. and so people would. Uh, I would hear rumors, and people would be like, "Oh, what's wrong with that girl? Like, oh, she's such a bitch. She won't talk to anyone." And I was like, "Why? Like, I just want some friends." <laughs> they totally misunderstood the totally, situation. Totally, totally, yes. As it happens often. Yeah. yeah. But then you know, I kind of I met some friends. I got into like sports. I became a cheerleader. No and, kidding. Uh, yeah. So, um, the rest of my high school career was top notch. Yeah. Super fun. It was wonderful, but most of it was in Mesquite, Texas, rather than like in Dallas. Ah, interesting. Yeah. What, mm -hmm. So sports, you're relatively tall. Ish. Are we talking soccer or softball? What were you? No, doing? so I my freshman year I did track. Track, okay. And then I tried volleyball, but I was not that good at it. <laughs> so lesson learned. And then I, I tried out for cheerleading, and then that's what I did really? the rest of the time. Yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is that you, and I, 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 this is not a disparaging remark, but like you seem counterculture, right? Like kind of connected to things that are cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that word, right? But still. Yes. And so almost the antithesis of. I know. Like kind of punk rock mentality now, but then coming from being a cheerleader is. I know. Does that just go to say that cheerleaders are full of lots of substance and depth yeah. as well? I don't want to. Absolutely. I mean, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Cool uh, I wouldn't lump it. And, and going into, I know people think public high school and you just get this vision of jocks and cheerleaders yeah, and yeah. like theater kids and stuff. But I feel like, I mean, the way I remember it, whenever I was in high school, I wasn't just friends with cheerleaders or football players. Mm. I was friends with all of those people. But I was also friends with like people in drama. Yeah. And I don't know, everyone just kind of hung out with everybody else. It That's wasn't cool. like a cool guy thing and a not That's cool so guy thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never experienced that. But yeah, it's funny now as a 30-year-old woman 
looking back and I was like, oh, cheerleader. And I'm kind of like, okay. But I mean, I mean I, it was I fun. It was fun. It's hard because I'm, you know, many of my understandings of the world come from 80s movies. Totally. Molly Ringwald and fucking Breakfast See? Club, right? She, yeah. She was not that cool until the end of the movie when Jed Nelson finally pierced a very pretentious veil of hers. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to good or not that's kind yeah. of where i come from because you know i moved around so much i was never a cool kid cool, 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 cool kid, kid. Yeah. yeah i like the way that sounds like i feel cool like kid. i had a little bit of both like i was quiet shy kid yeah and then also i was like i wouldn't say cool kid Ugh, i hate saying that i know it's kind of weird but say, you know so, i had yeah. fr- like i had friends and high school was super fun yeah. like, i had a good time in high school well it that's good i mean yeah. I, i'm glad to hear that yeah was it when you talk about scholarly things, yes, you more of a, like a math and science person or an art person? <laughs> Definitely not. I'm terrible at math and science. Yeah. I wish I was better at science because it's so interesting to me. But can be sure, dude. I got I got nothing for you on that. <laughs> I really don't. So I'd say more. I'd say I'd more like artistic and creative. Yeah. I'd say. Did you? What kinds? Do you find yourself influenced? By art at that point and now kind of um, music or movies at or that point it was very like music for sure yeah in my early 20s it's like music and movies had a big influence on me and and we'll talk post-college in a second because of mm-hmm. course i always ask <laughs> what bands influence people because that's always want to dive into the music of you know but we'll talk about this first so okay. folks were they saying amy you got to go to for you university was yes. there any pressure they were yeah but is that what path they had well no neither of them finished college okay and i think that's why it was so important to them for me to go to college I see. so they pushed for me to go to university which i initially had planned on so here's here's the dirt sure so um this, as we talked before we were recording this is dark this, as they call it this yeah. is internet dark, <laughs> yeah, internet this black is this internet is stuff black. that is not out there oh, oh sorry oh, that was fine. um so in high school, um, I, was a, I was a good student. I made really good grades, da 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 My senior year, I started to walk off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So my senior year, senioritis caught me super hard. And I was like, this sucks, this sucks. And I just mentally checked out. Right. So um, my grades didn't go to shit. They weren't terrible, but they weren't awesome either. And my mother had worked at Southern Methodist University um, for... 20 years, 19, 20 years. What did she do over there? She was, um, she was in the engineering department, but she was, uh, one of the secretaries. So a foreign exchange secretary in the engineering department. So, and she loved it. So I remember being, you know, eight, nine years old and spending my summers at SMU Yeah, and just hanging out with my mom at at work. Born into academia. Oh my God. I loved it so much. Like cruising around the campus. Thought I was like hotshot, but I was like 12 people knew. So, um, (laughs) No, so that was, in my mind, that was it. You yeah. know, I wanted to go to SMU, and that was my plan. <laughs> Hindsight. So um, my senior year, like I said, slacked off a little bit. I literally, I'm going to sound so dumb. I literally only applied to two colleges. Nice. And, say, actually, in all fairness, me too. Okay. That was well, okay, well, now I don't feel so And we're all very, we're just so amazingly we're just, successful now. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah see, it, it all worked <laughs> out so well. Sure. So, um no so i applied to smu and of course my senior year i didn't do so great and i didn't get in and i was pissed i was like this sucks i don't even want to go i got into the other school yeah 
And I was like, I don't want to go there. Blah, blah, blah. You know, 17-year-old Amy right. just being a jerk. So I was like, I don't want to go there. That's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But all through high school, I'd worked two jobs. So I'd worked since I was 15 years old. So I was like, whatever. I'm just going to work and make money yeah. and then go to you know a junior college for a little bit. So I got a full-time job. And then I started going to just a community college and at nighttime and then doing that whole bit. And I mean, like my career path at the time, because I was working, um, I was more in corporate, mm -hmm. um, was kind of going a direction. So I was like, this is cool. Why don't I just ride this wave? And then I just bailed on college. Yeah. No, I mean, that happens. It's very normal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's fine. I mean, it worked out, right? It worked out really well <laughs> see i mean this is the thing is that growing up in the 80s and being cognizant of the message that is like mind is a terrible thing to waste this mm -hmm. is the this the slogan if you will of the 80s you you think that oh man there's only one way there's only one path is yes. a quote-unquote american dream you know and you're like well i gotta do this it's ingrained but then you realize entrepreneurs don't do that shit mm -mm. the most successful businessmen in the world don't do that they dropped out of college you yeah know, rivers cuomo or high Harvard, school left. i mean sure Matt, Matt, well, but I love Matt Damon, I'm going to say, but he dropped out of Harvard too, right? Anyway, the multiple dudes. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, but the, you know, that was my, my parents, like I said, yeah. like, you know, that was Man, did that their version. Um, not really. My mom still, because whenever I was still going to the junior college, yeah. my plan was to transfer into SMU. I see. Okay. So we're Cheaper, all on save board. some money and then you can, yeah. Yeah, sure, exactly. Um, but there wasn't any tension. They weren't like disappointed in me or yeah. anything like that. It was just a different path. And I think it was more so for them than it was for me just yeah. because neither of them finished. So, you know, they just wanted me to be that that one that finished. I, think, I mean, that I get it. You yeah. know, the, the, we got a little bit of pressure on our shoulders. A little know, to, bit. To, to achieve in that, but that's okay. Yeah. So, all right. Now I'm going to go back to the question in about your early 20s here. Okay. Uh -oh. Music influences you. What yeah. was that band that was really making you feel something? Feel something. Okay. <laughs> I, I must give you some kind of history. So, sure. Like I said, I went to Mesquite High School. Yeah. And I have been obsessed. This didn't make me feel something. This isn't some like big, you know, like whatever. Right, so, right. So, um. I have been obsessed since I was probably about sixteen year old, sixteen years old with Three Six Mafia. Really? <laughs> That's good. They're from where? They're from Houston or New Orleans? Like I can't remember. They're from the South. The, here yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure. Dude, but I can, yeah, I can that remember. was just, I mean, a big part of my life was like really? super, like all the, um, like dirty rap. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like Southern rap. Yeah. Uh, the whole bit, like, Mex well, with their, dude, all these guys the, are coming to mind, like now. Slim Master Thug P. and Matt, yeah, yeah Master yeah, P yeah. and like Paul Wall, and yeah, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole like just southern rap, yeah, which I call it paint shop pro rap because all those album, album covers were done on shitty old PCs, yes, that's I mean, that's a great the paper like slid in the front yeah, of it, it was you know, so bad. it's like some shitty car, yeah, like, terrible graphics, just with, like 26 inch rims, yeah. yes, yes. a certain place in time for that, though, yes, and that was very much a part of my life, really, and still is. That's I. No, I can't seem surprised necessarily, but is it something you can just bring out casually at like parties and stuff? Actually, funny story for you. <laughs> so I, uh, Alfred Quantro mm. of Quantro, came to Dallas at the beginning of February, 
And I was, we were hanging out. I mean, he was with me 24 seven. So I was driving him around and I was like, Hey, Alfred, like, what kind of music do you like? And he was like, I don't know everything. And I was like, um, have you ever heard of three, six mafia? (laughs) And he was like, no, no, I don't think so. And I was like, let me hang on a second. Let me show you. So I got him listening to three, six mafia. He was like, Oh, he was into it. And like a week later, he sent me a message. Uh, and it was a screenshot of his phone, and he was listening to Sipping on Some Scissor oh by Three Six Mafia. What have and you I was like, done? influencer. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Make, that's. I mean, that's got it. So he would influence you booze wise, but then you go and you stick him with Three, three Six, Six Mafia. Mafia. Well, fucking played. Thank you, sir. See, that's we can be. I try. I'm just gonna use cool the rest of this conversation. It's just a, it's a threat. Uh, it's pretty that's cool. Good. Trendsetters. Trendsetters. You will. So the, yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, so that that comes into play. That comes into play for sure. Ready to party? Is that is that you? Re- always. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, my early twenties though, I got into like, I don't know, like you know, when you're early twenties and you're like, you're moving around and, as if you're feeling something. I just want yeah. everyone to know. That's well, like, yeah. <laughs> I talk. I'm very animated when I talk. Yeah. So it's like you're writhing. It's yeah, amazing. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Um, no. So my early twenties, I kind of got like. Start smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. Mom, don't listen to this. Sorry. Um, it's legal. Just go to a state where it's legal. It's fine. It's true. See? Go to Nevada, California. We're <laughs> all good. Perfect. Um, so I started listening to, you know, like Bonnie Vare and like <laughs> Band of Horses. <laughs> and I was a, like the Strokes. And oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I was yeah, just I all up in it and I loved it. And it was I beard mean, bands. That's what I call them. Yeah. And, beards. and I was just, you know, because you're all emotional and yeah. stuff when you're in your early 20s. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And here we are. And smoking a lot of weed. Of so <laughs> here we are. But yeah. Uh, so every time I hear one of those songs or one of those bands, I'm just like taken back. Sure. You really get the it. feels. Yeah. And then also, you know, I had like the hard ass in me. Yeah. It's like, Allison James. Of course. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So yeah, that's, that's you know, good. early I, 20 iPod was on fire. It sounds incredibly diverse. Very. Which I, <laughs> if nothing else is impressive. Thank you. And I think that that will make a lot of people interested in as to what playlist you put together for the, their next event. I'm hey, already, yeah. Right? So kind of some If anybody needs a playlist, here. shout out. See, I got there you. you go. Perfect. A little something for everybody. <laughs> yes, from 3-6 Mafia to Allison Chains. Oh, uh, yes. Anyone? <laughs> Spans the fucking gamut. <laughs> massive, massive gamut. So this foray into what you call kind of corporate America, whatever it might yes. be. Yeah. Did that coincide with hospitality stuff at the time? Because you talk about the Idle Ridge Pub, a mm-hmm. staple of Dallas. Shout I think out. there's like multiple yes. locations. Well, it's it's closed now, so rest in peace. But oh, there are... There are other ones. There's are, other okay, ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. They've got other ones. Um, yeah, go ahead. Please. So you did that kind of have an allure to it that was a little less structured, a little bit more fun? Like- yeah, so I, like I said, I started just working in the corporate world, which yeah. I liked and I thought that's what I wanted. What because kind of our industry? I'm just curious. So I started my very first like super corporate job, I yeah, would say, yeah. was uh, a Meridian Business Center's. So basically they had, um, they rented out office space yeah. and they provided you with a staff. So you'd have a receptionist that oh, would answer your cool. phone okay. and things like that. Um, and you would just rent an office. So that's where I started out and I moved up in that company um, 
up to client relations manager and I was like, this is great. And I thought I was just hot shit. Yeah. But also at the time I was going to school full time at night mm. and I was having to start working overtime and it was just too much. And I was like, all right, I'm going to scale it back a little bit. So I got a receptionist position with Merrill Lynch. Oh. And then at Merrill, I worked my way up. You know, I went to operations and I was working in operations for a little bit. And then I moved into a client associate role. Yeah. Um, so then I was just working with the financial advisor and things like that. Man, blah, 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 see, blah, 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 you know, this, the doubt, even you're like, boring. Like, uh. no, but that's okay for some. And I get that. Yes. But for that's some people, all part it's... of like the two and a half kids and like having a dog Thank and having you. the, I'm not, yes. I'm not, I don't buy into that. No, I, and that's kind of where I felt like I was going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, in my mind, I was like, this is success. This is what I want to do. Da, da, da. And I just, man, I couldn't play into it because mm. I met a lot of great people there that I'm still friendly with. But I just, it wasn't for me because it was very like buttoned up and like done, yeah. done, and white picket fence and two children and ga, ga, ga. Yeah, dude, it's just too straight and narrow. It's too straight and narrow. And I was like, this sucks and i got to a point where i was waking up and i was dreading going to work oh, i was worse. stuck in a cubicle and it was i couldn't handle it so idle rich pub was in uptown mm-hmm. i worked in downtown so it was literally right down the street and we would go there for happy hour and i was like this place is cool i like hanging out here yeah and i literally i uh went and interviewed one day and i was like hey what's up can i work for you guys and charles uh he's actually still a very good friend of mine uh, interviewed me and he was like do you have any experience and i was like well i worked at sonic in high school like tired <laughs> i was a car hop <laughs> hey hey um and he was like all right and he gave me a chance nice. and i i remember uh when i told my dad that i had quit my job at merrill lynch Uh-oh. to become a cocktail waitress oh, oh poor danny did he cry <laughs> he didn't cry but <laughs> he was just like Oh, like wind from his sails. Oh, yes, absolutely. But only temporarily. Only temporarily. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to fill this out. Yeah. And funny, like we were talking about um, earlier, that's where I had met Josh Hendricks. Dude. Yeah. Gosh. And he was a bartender there. Did he ever not have a shaved head? Mm, as far as I can remember. Forever, right? Forever. Yeah. For, for I've literally never seen ever. Him with anything but like pretty much a shave, not I bald, but just don't short. remember. Full like hair, hair. Most aerodynamic dude I know. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, no one else has, that I know. You go back to the Cronall, like all of his previous pictures, shaved head. Shaved goatee head. too, right? Forever. Always a goatee? It, I can't remember back that far. See, I mean, this is a, these are years back. I know. This is a while back. After that, well, this is a question. This is a question for People want to know. I'm going to have to ask Josh. Yes, I think you should. But that's good. So you're forging because he, you know, you guys are coming up at, the, at this burgeoning cocktail scene at the same time and probably don't know that mm-hmm. you both will play a no. pretty good part in this whole thing. Literally no idea. No idea. No clue. Yeah. But he was the nicest guy because I remember when I first started working there, I just had no clue what I was doing. And I was like, ugh. And he was so nice and so helpful. And he would always, uh, if I didn't know what something was or, you know, God, I forgot what this beer was, da, da, da. And he, would, he was always so helpful. Yeah. And it's funny because Idle Rich also, when Emily moved to Dallas from Portland, yeah. we had a mutual friend, Robin, and Robin got Emily a job at Idle Rich. Oh my gosh, same location? Same location. Dude. So we worked together for all of like two weeks, and I remember seeing her come in 
just full of energy. And I was like, who is this girl and how? Like, how do you <laughs> have so much energy? Um, but yeah, so. God, it's so crazy. Pretty power hitters coming through Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> there's always, I mean, you, it's always the unsuspecting places. It is. Like yes. Austin's got them. Dallas has them. San Antonio's got them. Mm-hmm. But there are always those places. It's like CBGB's before it was cool. There you the go. bands kind of sit there and their peers and their contemporaries and all of a sudden things just blow up. And they're like, oh shit, remember when we used to hang out at this like shitty bar when right. we were 13 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and you're like, now we're rich and famous. That's the place. Yeah. That was the place. Yeah. But, in terms of cocktails mm-hmm. and maybe composition of flavor, understanding techniques, what was the moment for you where that stuff, what is like a 202 yes. of cocktails started to kind of resonate and connect with you? So that uh, that happened when I started working at Victor Tango's. Mm. Because, uh, you know, working at a Irish pub, I'm, you know, it's shots and beers. Sure. Shots and beers, shots and beers, you know, Jack and Cokes. Right. So I didn't really know much about cocktails there. And then I got this job at Victor Tango's. Um, but I started out as a server. Um, I'd been bartending, but obviously I have to like cut my teeth a yeah, little bit because yeah. I don't know how to do craft bartending per se at that point. So I started as a server and um, I started under Matt Reagan. Mm. And he was such an influence. But I... I feel like I owe a lot, if not everything, to Matt Reagan to where I've gotten today. Mm. Um, he was he was very helpful. He pushed me a lot. There was a lot of crying in the office and like yelling at him, right. but he pushed me to be better and get better. Um, but when I started there, uh, Matt Reagan was the general manager. Emily was the bar manager. No way. Yeah. So she actually was the one that taught me um, the basics. Yeah. And we started going over, um, you know, craft cocktails. How do you make a proper cocktail? And then going over the classics and memorizing all of that. And um, then when she had left, when Remy scooped her away, Alex Fletcher um, came and was the bar manager. And he helped me a lot with flavor profiles mm-hmm. um, and how to, we did a lot of blind tastings and things like that. And then how to create your own Cocktail. So it was a lot of Matt Reagan, yeah. Alex Fletcher. Emily I mean, these are pretty distinct pieces of curriculum. Yeah. If you think about it, because everybody's like, well, school, school, school. Yeah. yeah. But life gives you classes too. Yes. And oh, and this was different like, teachers, you know? Yes, very much. And it's nice how layered it is. And it almost seems like this natural evolution. It's like, here, just do the thing. You'll be okay. Just do it. Yeah. And then it's like, here's a little bit more about the basics. And then, all right, I'm ready with the basics. Let me take it to another Take it to the level. next level. Here's yeah. the next little level. This is how you can make your own cocktail. Da, da, da. And I, I loved it. What year are we talking at Victor Tango's? Oh, boy. Let's see. I started there 2013. 2013. Is it recently shuttered? Yes. So they closed uh, New Year's Eve this year. Yeah. Rest in peace. It was very sad. Did did the people transition into other big, bold projects? Well, yes. So... um, As they do, yes. So um, Matt Reagan, actually, and then our chef, Kristen Brewer, uh, teamed up with Elias Pope at HD Supply. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Mate, right? With Mate, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know Mate's down in Austin now? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was a good thing, but yes, yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So uh, they started um, 
a Chinese restaurant called Gung Ho mm. on Lower Greenville, and it's so much fun. If anybody's going to Dallas, check it out. Yeah. They do industry night on Mondays, and it's so much fun. I mean, we might be able to make it. Take you want to go? I got my car outside. I guess uh, I don't know. We'll just maybe make it. We'll have we'll to see. barely get there. <laughs> Food till two. Could use some noodles though. <laughs> no, really. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, and everyone kind of um, went off and did their own thing. And that, so now, you know, I'll be around town and some of the bartenders that were at Victor Tango's are now, you know, at Bowen House. Yeah. Or they're, they're dispersed. So. It always happens. It, I mean, they yeah, find good homes. Yeah, you know? they do. It was just, I don't know. It was, it was kind of, Victor Tango's was shifting. It was just, it was changing a yeah. little bit. And um, I, guess, I guess it just ran its course and. It was still very, like, once I oh, found I out for sure, I was really bummed. Because that place was like a second home. Sure. I loved that place. Very influential. Too. Very. You know, a set yeah. of mentors there. Mm -hmm. That know. was like a pivotal moment in my life was going to Victor Tango's. Very pivotal. In the autobiography. Yeah. Chapter, well, uh, I don't know what chapter, but maybe. Chapter like six. There we go. Know. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Five oh, or six. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. See? I don't know how many chapters total, but somewhere around Written five or six. Amy Flores. <laughs> New York you're, Times you're doing bestseller. this elongated like, cursive <laughs> stuff I, I love it some of the pantomime stuff like you can't capture you know but yeah. i get to get the, i know i can't help it no i like that a lot it's funny it's like you guys you, you have no idea how animated <laughs> no but very good thanks very good thing now that the, the dallas cocktail scene and i and full disclosure i know many of the people the lovely people behind that movement if you will that were there at the beginning and, and all of this now, years later, you know, 2018, where does it stand now? Is it too big? So for comparison, mm -hmm. Austin doesn't have the people both to source good bars in terms of finding people to, to stay behind them. Right. And two, the people that are willing to spend money on cocktails. I think that we're reaching a saturation point here mm -hmm. because of many reasons. But in Dallas, being a much bigger metroplex, how is the cocktail scene now? Is it full of upside still is it re reaching a standstill is innovation at its height or low point? you know what in my this is in my humble yeah, opinion yeah. um i think that there's still so much going for the cocktail scene in dallas yeah. to be honest with you i don't think a lot of people are like oh it's oversaturated i think there's just certain areas that have been oversaturated by mm. cocktail bars but there's still so much room for more yeah. and i feel like people are con continually being innovative when they're coming up with new concepts, when they're coming up with new cocktails themselves, I feel like I'm excited about the Dallas cocktail scene. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, people I hear, get jaded though. People man. get so jaded; they really yeah. do. And then you hear, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Austin. I love Austin, but you know, I hear people in Austin like, oh, whatever, Dallas. Yeah, sucks. people that have lived here like two yeah, years. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh god, Dallas. Insight. And I'm like, <laughs> no, Dallas is so much fun, and yeah. there's so much. Um, to do down there and honestly you know we've got the old school people that are still plowing the way in dallas yeah. but now we have this like new insurgents and this new generation of uh, bartenders that actually give a shit yeah and they i feel like there's a lot more people maybe that i've run into that they want to make this more of a career path rather than just being like i'm gonna bartend through college you well, know what i mean to be a lucrative thing now very and, know, I, and i think people recognize that now yeah like once your parents not your necessarily your parents but once parents get that that's like an actual legitimate career mm -hmm. that pays accordingly yes there's brand work there's pr you can do there's so many different aspects of mm -hmm. it there's a lot of upside so it's good to hear that there's still much much left to be done Yes. In the Dallas scene. Yeah. And I mean, that's just 
No, I know you would That's know. That's how but I, I, mean, you've I been feel. Here a bit. <laughs> yeah. A little, just a little while, it seems. Yeah, just, uh, you know, three years or so. It's Something like that. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe not as long as Charlie Patton. But <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not as long. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah. And you've seen, you've seen a huge change the past, I'd say, maybe five to seven years in Dallas to where, you know, these old school neighborhoods that were just, had gone to shit mm-hmm. are now on the come up and- or already up and mm-hmm. they're just on and popping now. And so it's really cool to kind of see this shift and like see how everything's gone. Yeah. No, it's, it's very exciting to see mm-hmm. because you guys, you, you guys will go through some changes and we will, Houston will, San Antonio, which is the youngest, not as a city, but just as a cocktail culture. Right. Really starting to, what is it? Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> and I got just a very small taste uh, at San Antonio Cocktail Conference. Yeah. That was my first down, first time down to San Antonio since I was a kid, yeah, and you know, I'd always he- heard great, wonderful things about it, and it was just like my quick little taste, yeah. of it. But it makes you want more, though. I know, you know, that's I'm cool excited about, about next year conference. Like you out there for a couple of days, like I need oh, to be this here is more. Pretty cool, yeah. yeah. This is pretty cool. Like I'd like to check this out a little bit more, it's but kinda, yeah, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely place. Love San yes. Antonio. So, what was the conversation like when Remy came to you and said, "Hey, there may be this opportunity." Mm-hmm. Did you feel, what, what kinds of things were you thinking about at that point? I w- was excited. Yeah. Doubtful I, at all? I was doubtful only in the, I, I was doubtful in myself, I feel like. Uh. Not that, oh, this wouldn't be a great opportunity. It was mm-hmm. more so like, oh shit, can I do this? Like, because it was a whole new set of challenges. Like yeah. I said, it was something that I've never done or experienced before. And I just felt like, Am I going to be out of my element? Um, but that's the whole reason I took it because I was scared. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? I was like, uh, you know, if I don't want to get, com- I never, ever, ever want to get comfortable. Yeah. Because then I feel like I'm just going to be, I'm going to get stuck somewhere. Well, I mean, how long can you be comfortable? Yeah, exactly. What's the point in that? Yeah. Can so you grow is, if you're comfortable? Probably? No, definitely not. So, yeah. yeah. So this was just a very, this was a, a growth opportunity in my eyes, um, a learning opportunity because. When I worked under John Garrett, I learned so much. That man is just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. Every day I was learning something new and it was so wonderful and I loved it. And then this opportunity came and dropped in my lap and I was like, okay, this can I can this can be further knowledge for me, sure. myself. I can just learn more. Another class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like an extra step. So um, I was excited and it was just going to be a huge challenge mm. so i was like well saddle up kids i'm in we're in for a we're in was it, we're in for a bumpy ride we're there's another word though. bumpy wait we're in for a wild ride wild, wild bumpy ride? ride yeah okay wild like and bumpy yeah. ride oh so we were both right yeah Perfect. we're gonna need a bigger boat wait that's different. <laughs> sorry that's a different movie altogether so collective 1806 yes is the right way to Talk about the town hall-like forums that you guys facilitate. Mm-hmm. Anathem, is that the right way to say it? Athenium. God right. damn it. See? I what what were you saying? Athenium? No, Anathem, I flipped it. Oh, yeah, you flipped it around a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. We but forgive it, you. This is a very, this word itself has so much gravitas. Mm-hmm. And l- last time I spoke with Emily, she was facilitating a similar kind of discussion here in Austin. And you yep. just had one, I guess, a couple weeks in Dallas, I right? literally just had one uh, March 5th yeah. in Dallas. Uh, and that was my second one. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's a great tool. 
I love it. We're tweaking it. We're yeah. trying to, because I believe when you talked to Emily, that was, I mean, like the first or second yeah, one ever, ever, first, ever. Yeah. Um, so the format was a little bit different. So this past year, we decided to tweak the format a little bit. Um, and instead of, because when you talked to Emily, it was this long, you know, 10 a.m. to yeah. 4 p.m. It was this long, big thing, which is daunting. And yeah, it's right. hard, you know, service industry-wise, it's hard to get people, you know, well, like, hey, I know you, you commit yeah. that much time. And they'd be like, hey, I know you closed last night, but do you want to wake up at 10 a.m. and come hang out? So we, we tweaked it up a little bit. Um, and to make it a little bit more interesting, we kind of, um, we have a couple of speakers and we break it up a little bit more. Mm. And then we do an instructional portion too, to where it's a little bit more hands-on. Yeah. People can stand up, talk, look around, things like that. So we broke it up a little bit. And it's been pretty successful, I think, in my opinion. As you um, guys have evolved the program. Yes. So, yeah. but Collective 1806 in spirit, mm -hmm. no pun intended, <laughs> if we're on an elevator together and I'm just a dude, yeah. tell me what this means. What does this impact? What it is in essence? So in essence, we are a collective of bartenders. Yeah. We're all bartenders, former bartenders. Um, that want to influence the cocktail scene in in our cities, in our states, things mm. like that. So we want to influence the bartender. We want to influence. Uh, we want to raise the bar. Essentially, like we're trying to make everything better. Yeah, you know what I mean. If that makes sense. So both in quality of product and community health, all yeah. of the issues. Well, yes, yes, and more like. The thing that I've been focused on, especially with the Athenians, is just uh, community. Yeah. You know, just connecting people a little bit more. We're all in this together. Because sure. I feel like a, I feel like a lot of the times, and it bums me out because I see it too often, um, you know, talking shit about another bartender or another bar or another spirit. Yeah. Or, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> like, sure. We all have the same goal. We're all in the same community. So that's kind of what I'd like to focus on a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have... Many beautiful children in said portfolio. Yes. You've got, if I recall, cognac in there somewhere. Oh, what? Cognac. <laughs> some some uh, Quancho, perhaps. Yes, yes. Some Brooklady scotch, single malt Brooklady scotch, scotch, which is mm -hmm. delicious. And then we're sipping some of the botanist, which is, the this botanist. is made at Brooklady too? So the botanist is made in Brooklady yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. and, so and the can pick, I mean, I had this pleasure of going through all the botanicals one time. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. If you like, ask me to list them off, there's no There's so way. many and it's yeah. just like. These are so cool. I just want to go hang out in the forest already. Yeah, just, like, it's awesome. Just like take me out there. You know? It's it's real. It's it's very interesting to see because I've actually got to go to Isla. Yeah, and so I've seen some of these, you know, botanicals that they put. in. I'm like, God, it's ow. so cool. It's What's awesome. It's just it's almost like fantastical. Yeah, you know what I mean. These kinds of flavors taking to this foreign place. Mm -hmm. It's something that's really nice about gin. Is how transportative it can be. Not to the extent maybe like a cognac is, or even some rums. Mountain Gay, right? That's so yep. yeah. So all right. So there's a bunch of beautiful children in this portfolio. Also, Westland American single. Yes, world. which I love. They've done a a great job for American whiskey. Okay, it was kind of suffering a little bit. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. There okay. was some stuff, but they made. I, I really enjoy. Yes, I've, I've had. I've, I've, it's hard to say even which ones I've had at this point. Oh, man, I should have. Really okay, next time I'm in Austin, I'm gonna bring you a bottle of the Gariana. Oh yeah, see, it sounds good to me, right? Yeah. Oh, dang, I wish I would have brought that. But no, oh, but okay, it, next know, time, next time. This is partially, whether it's mezcal, brandy, rum, mm -hmm. whiskey, I talk, get to the pleasure of talking to all kinds of people. So if you think it's delicious, I got to try it and I got to talk yes, about it. Yes, I think it's top 
not gin. You absolutely have to try See, it. that's why you guys acquired them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the big French bucks. Yes. It makes some sense. Uh, uh. But as spring is kind of dawning on us, mm-hmm. is there one way you're leaning to over the other? Do you go lighter during the warmer months? Yeah, so um, I always try to show everybody a little bit of love. It's hard, It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because I'll get on... A, a martini kick and then I'm just drinking botanist forever and then you know I'll get on a daiquiri kick and I'm drinking Mount Gay and it's it's hard and I catch myself doing it I'm like okay mm. give everybody a little bit of love here you know what I mean but I feel like in the summer months I mean gin shines it's an interesting one yeah yeah it I mean, just shines what, how about this then what is maybe the unsung under known hero of that category People are like, oh, that's part of... Oh, of our portfolio? Yeah. Like the unsung hero? Yeah, the oh, people are really not. I wouldn't say... Oh, man, this is tough. I Okay, I wouldn't say unsung hero, but I will say underrated. Okay, that's fair. Matoxa. Ah, Matoxa. <laughs> well, all right, that's fair. That's okay, fair. but unsung hero, let's see. Um, that could be. Yeah. It's pretty brooding. It is very brooding. It yeah. is. Um. Man, can I say that they're all my favorites? Yeah, you can. And that's fine. I would never expect you to, to choose. This isn't a Cain Abel situation. You don't have to. I know. Don't make me choose one I'm not of my children make you over choose. the other. See, that's <laughs> what it's like. You know, I'm feeling during the colder months, this thing. I, man, I'll tell you, man. Octomore. Oh, man. Oh, I, that's my, uns- that is my personal unsung hero. Oh. Octomore. Yeah, it's pretty sultry. Have you ever had an Octomore mojito? No. Okay. That is mind-boggling to even wrap my head around, actually. So I'm going to shout this one out to New Orleans, uh, specifically Barrel Proof, where yeah. I had my first Octomore Mojito, um, and it was delightful. That is... Oh, boy. Interesting to think about how the mint would play with that peat. I like it's, that concept a lot. Yeah. No, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's literally insane, but it it works. Wow. I know. That's intriguing, if nothing else. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see a guy in a role or you see a woman in a role in a movie and you're like, I don't think I they could do it. And then they do it. It's like, oh my God, Ooh, there's no one else who could have done yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I like that. You're a man, Octomore, starring in Mojito. <laughs> <laughs> Screen actor, Bill nominee, Octomore. Oh, that's great. That's really good. So what what brought you to Austin, this this track? So I, I try to get down here at least once a month. Mm. Um, Austin. Man, Austin's kind of hard to break into. Is it? A little bit. I feel... Because of the relationships? Yeah, just, you know, Emily had it on lock down here. And before I got this job, I barely came down here. It was like college, 6th Street, blah, blah, blah. Um, So, but it's been so much fun. But I try to get down here once a month and meet new people and be like, hey, don't forget about me. I'm going back to Dallas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one of those trips. Which, That's cool. Yeah, but it's so much fun. Every time I come to Austin, I have the best time. And you, you're catching everybody with a little bit of rest now, which is yes, good. which was my plan. Yeah. Because oh. I did not want to come in. Yeah. It's just, it's senseless for me to come down here and try to connect with bartenders during South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to visit anybody. No. Like, I can't be nice. And they, I mean, I can, but they won't be nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's, mission mode, man. Just exactly. get... Get through the door. Yeah. 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 So I bailed on that and I was like, all right, it's ending. Here I come. Hey, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
They're a little disarmed now. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank the guards you. are down. Well, plan this out well. It makes a lot of sense. Good strategy, I would Thank say. Thank you very much. Well, so I've got two more questions for you. Hit me. And I ask this of everybody, and I never know what anyone's going to say. That's why I keep asking it. Uh-oh. So let's say you're sipping your Octomore mojito, okay? And you're at any bar in the world, or you're at Barrel Proof in New Orleans. In New Orleans. <laughs> Either way. And you can sit there and have a conversation with anybody living or deceased. Who might you like to just sit there, sip on that beautiful mojito? I got it. Madeline Albright. No way. I swear to God. She's, she passed though, right? No, she is alive, alive and well. Okay. okay. I saw her. She is one of my all-time super inspirational women. Yeah. I saw her in San Francisco. Um, God, sometime last year. Yeah. I can't remember when. But I was, <laughs> we were having breakfast. I was with my in-laws and my husband. And my husband gets up to go to the buffet and comes back. He goes, hey, uh, that lady that you like a lot is here. And I go, what? It was so generic. I was yeah, like, I know my mom had you, breakfast. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? And he was like, no, no, that lady, that lady that you like. And I was like, who are you talking about? She's right there. I look over and I see Madeline Albright. And I'm like shaking. Whoa. I start shaking. And then my father-in-law, he's like this big bolstery man with this like deep voice. Yeah. He's like, you should go and talk to her. And I was like, shh, be quiet. Like, don't, I don't want to. And he was like, no, seriously, you should go talk to her. And I was like shaking, shaking. Wow. I, because I was just, I mean, she's. You were starstruck. I was starstruck. Yeah. And I've never, I've seen, you know, other people. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Is she short? Tiny. Yeah, that's what I recall about her. She is a very small woman. And who am I thinking? There, was, there wasn't a previous, was she Secretary of State? She was Secretary yeah, of State. Yeah, the, the, the past. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been an attorney general. But anyway. Yeah. So you said hello. So. She sits down. I finally get up the courage to go say hi to her. So I get up and I'm such an, uh, I get up and I was like, excuse me, are you Madeline Albright? She's like, yes, dear. And I was like, I just really wanted to let you know that you're like super inspirational. and like, I love you. And, da, 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 da. and I didn't say all that, but right, I started right. to tear up. I was oh like, I just God. wanted to let you know that you're one of my all time like lady heroes and whatever. Yeah. And whatever I said. I can't remember. I started to tear up. And she was like, well, thank you. And she shook my hand. And I was like, ah, and I ran away before I started crying. Wow. It was amazing. That's big. It was huge. <laughs> and I, I imagine she's like insanely pragmatic about it. Thank you so much. Thank that was you very so much. insightful. And I'm just losing my mind. Man. It was great. That is so good. I lost, I was texting all my friends. I was like, oh my God, you'll never believe it. I just met Madeline Albright. Wow. But yes, I would love to have an Octomore Mojito in New Orleans with Madeline Albright. If I'm not mistaken, she drinks. I'm sure. Yeah, that's how you deal with the free she's world. She's from the, she's Czechoslo- Czechoslovakian. Yeah. So I'm sure, right? It's got to be something. She's got to, she, I bet she drinks some Atoxa. At least a little. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, that's my great brandy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got plenty of that in the Czech Republic. Well, so, the, you know, there, there are all these interesting chapters to keep using that analogy to your journey thus far. And now you're, getting to educate, getting to inspire and pay forward some of the things you've learned from some of the great people. Try to, yeah. In a sense, in quote, yes. 1806. Is there an ultimate goal for you? Do you think about starting a family? Do you think about owning a bar? Is that something you There's process? About? All of those thoughts have run through this mind of mine. Um, I do think about it often. Uh, what's I love my job right now and i love the path that i'm on mm. and i want to see where it takes me 
But I'd be lying if I said I'd, I'm not thinking about the next step. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I want this to be a career path and a career move. Um, it's just, well, what's that going to be? And right. I feel like I, I would drive myself crazy if I just kept thinking about, you know, I, yeah. I feel like I've gotten to where I am t- today and had the jobs that I've had today very organically, very organically. Sure. So I kind of want to just ride that wave and see where it gets me. But I do, I do think about, you know, Kirk and I have talked about, you know, starting a family at some point. Not anytime soon. Sure. It's not on my agenda. Um, but maybe, you know, sometime in the future. So I don't know. I, there's no. It's cool. I like it though. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah. It's going to be somewhere new, but you never know. Where. Exactly. I feel like as as long as I just keep doing the best that I can, mm. um, that'll get me where I need to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think so. And to keep doing it with passion and keep loving what I do, I'll get somewhere some, yeah, you know, I do. I think so. Yeah. I think that's the right way to approach it. And actually, you know, I thought about this because it's an interesting topic. You know, I've had plenty of discussions with some amazing females in this industry and the world in general. But is it getting weirder with these kind of dark annals of abuse and mm. harassment kind of surfacing? Now, I don't know. I know it happens everywhere, but I don't know of anything specifically in Dallas. But does this kind of resonate with you do you feel like it's something that you need to also include as part of maybe the curriculum for collective so what i try to do when i'm also very passionate about is strong women Mm. in the industry and i want to make sure that i'm always uplifting to those women if i see um i've got some really wonderful lady friends that are in the service industry in dallas and like i want to make sure that i am doing the best that i can to either set them up in a way like mm-hmm. use what i have you know with collective 1806 and like help them education wise but always 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 be supportive i feel like if there's more women as bar managers and there's more women in powerful positions in the service industry i think we can only go up you know what i mean i think that's just yeah as far as my role goes it's just constantly being encouraging and doing the most that i can to uplift those women yeah that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard because it's hard to, not that it's difficult being a man, that's never difficult, but it is hard as someone who has the, the opportunity and kind of the pleasure and the privilege to talk to people like you. You know, what, how much should I chime in? You know, this is an interesting balance for me because right. in a way it's probably just best to say, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah. You know, and that's the only way. I've I think really that's the best way because you're never going to be able to relate. Yeah as hard as you may try or want to, you're never going to be able to relate to uh, a woman that's been abused yeah. or a woman that constantly puts up with, you know, shit from people in right. the service industry. Um, so I think the best thing as a man that you can do is just listen and be supportive. Because mm. there's no way that you could just be like, oh yeah, I get it. I'm so sorry about that. You know what I mean? It's No, I know, man. It's hard to empathize it's yeah. to, be, to be truthful about that, mm-hmm. you know? And... I think that we just have to have the conversation. That's yes. a really good starting and, point. And, and having that conversation, especially like if you, you know, if you work in the service industry or you're a manager and you've got a lot of, you know, women employees and things like that, have that conversation. Yeah. Be sure to have that conversation. Let them know if anything happens, I'm on your side and you feel free. Please don't be scared to come to me mm-hmm. with, you know, things that might be going on within the workplace. Yeah. Because I feel like that was a lot of it. Um, 
whenever I was in the service industry, and this isn't speaking ill of anybody that I used to work for or anything, but it was, you would constantly deal with drunk guys saying very inappropriate things right. or, you know, t like touching you and just being gross and awful. But you felt like, oh, well, that's just the way that it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's not just the way that it is. And now, you know, people are starting to speak about it. And I feel like having a safe space for your employees to be able to come to you and tell you, hey, you know, this is going on without, you know, being fearful of losing shifts or right. losing their job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without uh, retaliation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think you're right. And mm -hmm. if anything, I'm a prop proponent of having dialogues mm -hmm. and not weighing in with my experiences, really. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I just, you could just let people talk. Yeah. And let them talk about their experiences. And I, I try not to cast judgment ever. And it's really been a pleasure getting to talk to you about <laughs> your journey, our love of John Garrett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your brush with emoism. Yes. <laughs> and everything in between, you know. I think Dallas is very lucky to have you. And I'm glad that you're yes, making sir. some trips into Austin. We'll have to connect more often. I, mean. I would absolutely love that. This Thank you so much. so much fun. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. You were so nervous. I too, was. I never done a podcast. I was like, oh, no. Um, oh, you know. <laughs> it's so much easier, I swear. Really See, is. we're going to start playing guitar shortly. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Amy? It was really a pleasure getting to chat with her. She's been serving alcohol, distributing alcohol, educating people, and in a sense, selling alcohol. She's seen all sides of this industry, and I can't wait to see what she's up to next. And I'm glad that we touched on the Westland Pita. This is a whiskey that at that time I hadn't had much experience with. But I am very happy to say at this point, I spent a lot of time with the Westland category and the peated in particular. And that freaking whiskey is just beautiful. You get the sesame thing going on, this umami thing. So I don't know. I'm glad she mentioned it. And she really got me alighted with this kind of passion for Westland. It's really beautiful addition to the Remy Cointreau category in that portfolio. So Amy, thanks so much for sitting down to chat with me. And I hope your next moves this year in 2019 are wonderful ones. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much you are enjoy watching the Married with Children reruns, or if you're thinking, I don't know what else to watch in the theaters, I saw the Golden Globe nominations, and that was about it. Please keep dancing.